It's my great pleasure this morning to introduce to you a friend in ministry, Enoch Nidor and his wife Lydia are here with us. Enoch has been here several times to speak to us. He's agreed to follow our, our schedule with the Core 52, uh, number eight. He's here with Ghana Christian Mission from Ghana, Africa. Um, I've seen Enoch in action as the, I would say, the elder statesman of the church. He has extreme respect from all of the leaders there under the Christian churches, and um, he is like, uh, just think Billy Graham of Ghana. Sure, that would be embarrassing to him, but that's how I think of him. Uh, so he's here to speak to us today. His new title, he, he was the director, and he'll be explaining that, but he, he handed off the directorship to be now a uh, development director, uh, he can give you his full title, I'm sure you, you yeah, partnership development director now, and he makes his way around the country to many churches that partner with Ghana Christian Mission there in Ghana um, to renew and continue the relationships and move forward with the mission. So thank you for being with us here, and uh, we look forward to your words. Okay, thank you, Brother Brad. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Brad. And uh, in addition to my wife, Lydia, we also have with us this morning our former board chairman, Bill Altmiller, and his wife, Jean. They have been to uh, Ghana to work with us, and uh, we are staying with them right now. And uh, as Brad said, we are happy to be back to worship with you, and we bring you greetings from our family who are back in Ghana. Uh, Ghana Christian Mission started 33 years ago, and my wife and I led it until April 1st, when uh, we handed over uh, to uh, Wisdom. So uh, we bring you greetings from our family. In 2000, all, we all came here, and we didn't have any grandchildren at that time, but now, we have two grandsons, Iram uh, and Enoch, and uh, we hope to have more because our second child just got married in May, and our third one is yet to get married, but they are all in Ghana, and they send you greetings. And I also bring special greetings from our new executive director, uh, Wisdom Nyado, uh, because of COVID, the U.S. Embassy was shut down for a year, and, and so he couldn't get a visa to come. But he sends his greetings, and he is leading our work now. Your church has partnered with us since 1997. And we want to thank you for your faithfulness in praying for us, in giving to us, in sending people to come and work with us uh, all these years. Uh, we have special gratitude for the provision of personnel protective equipment, the PPEs during the COVID pandemic when it was most needed. When COVID broke out, and we have clinics uh, as part of our ministry, so our frontline workers uh, needed help. 
And you came through for us, and the PPEs helped us. Uh, this morning, we are here to celebrate the impact of your missions giving. As Brad said earlier, uh, he saw impact in Kenya, and you have impact in other parts around the world, including my country, Ghana, where through your support, your prayers, and the collective work of 40 other churches that are part, that are part of our network, uh, we have started 220 churches uh, since 1987, over a million patients uh, treated in our seven clinics. Uh, we have drilled over 55 wells, uh, over 500 school children from kindergarten through the ninth grade. And we have trained over 100 students uh, who are going out into ministry. Uh, we thank you for all this. We couldn't have made it uh, without you. Even during the COVID period in the last two years, by God's grace and with your encouragement, uh, we baptized 400 new converts. So God is using this ministry and we are doing it together with you. We thank you very kindly. And this morning I want to thank uh, your senior minister, Sean, my brother Brad, and the elders of the church for allowing me to share with you today as you continue with messages based on the book called 52 by Mark Moore. Today's text is 2 Samuel 7, 12. Uh, some of you may have read it. 2 Samuel 7, verse 12. Uh, the prophet Nathan uh, gave this message to King David. David had brought the ark of God uh, from a private home to the city of David, uh, put it in a tent, and then in his heart he said, I'm living in a, a very nice mansion, but the ark of God is in a tent. No, I want to build a temple and put it in it. Then this message came from the prophet Nathan to King David. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I'll raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. I will establish his kingdom. Some version says, uh, his kingdom will be forever. This prophecy was partly fulfilled in the life of Solomon, David's son who succeeded him and who built the first temple in Jerusalem. But when we get into the New Testament, right from Matthew, the uh, beginning verses of Matthew, we see the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ from Abraham and through David, uh, through the period of the captivity, return from captivity, and Jesus is put into the ancestry of King David. The Gospels refer to him as 
coming from the line of David. In the book of Revelation, one of the messages, our Lord Jesus himself said, I'm a descendant of David, King David. The verse that really puts it together is when the Apostle Paul talks about our Lord Jesus Christ, who did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but humbled himself and, and lived as a man and went to the cross. And then when he rose, God gave him the name that is above every name. He is king of kings, he is lord of lords. Today, all over the world, Christians, the followers of God, are worshiping Jesus. And his kingdom will never end. And a day is coming when he comes back the second time that every knee will bow, every tongue would confess unto him. If you don't accept him as king, you'll find your place in hell. So today we want to reflect on Jesus as the new King David. Jesus as my king. Jesus as your king. What does that look like? That Jesus is somebody you can submit to and has authority over you that he does not only save you so we can take communion and remember him. We know we've been baptized into him, but he's really your king, your overlord, somebody who has your destiny in his hands. Your eternity belongs to him. What does that mean? My brothers and sisters, if we agree with the New Testament writers and followers of Christ all around the world that Jesus is our king, then there are two things I want us to do or to do more today. If Jesus is our king, then let's worship him more. Secondly, if he's our king, let's serve him more. Worship your king more and serve him more. How do we worship the king more? There are several ways, but the first one is to worship with song and dance like King David did. We just had the guitar played for us. But when you go home and you read in 2 Samuel chapter 6, uh, and especially you come to verse 14, when they were taking that ark uh, to the city of David, David was so happy with his God, the God who took him as a young shepherd boy and made him king. Saul was then king, but he was not obeying the Lord and, and God chose David and made him king. And so David never lost sight of the great thing God did for him. And Bible says he danced with all his might. In fact, one of his wives 
despised him for dancing so hard. But he knew what he was doing. When I think of David's dancing, I also think of uh, those of us in Africa, how we love to express uh, our joy in Christ. The fact that God took us from idol worship, from the darkness of sin, and now we are free in Christ. We do not have to make goat sacrifices, chicken sacrifices. We do not have to be enslaved by some voodoo priest or, uh, and who will give us concoctions to drink and mislead us. We, we have found the truth in Christ. And what else to do than to just celebrate that freedom, that redemption that we have in Christ. So we have that in common with the Jews to dance in church, get a handkerchief and a brother has joined in it <laughs> when he was in Ghana. If Peggy is here or Lita should be there, she, those of you who have been to uh, Ghana, Kenya, other parts uh, of Africa, we just like to show our joy as part of worshiping God, giving him reverence, honor, respect, the one to whom our eternity belongs, the one who is taking care of us now. We praise him. But I cannot forget my seminary teacher, missionary, who would not join us to go around waving our handkerchiefs. And he said he was dancing in his heart. And I respect him and honor him for that. Uh, it's not cultural for him. Uh, somebody was telling me earlier in the week that uh, she was taught not to dance uh, and from the very beginning. So dancing is not just part of her upbringing and she cannot bring it into the church. I explained that when we dance in Africa, we are sh very careful not to attract attention to ourselves. Uh, we do not make sexually uh, suggestive uh, moves. It's all focus to the king of kings and lord of lords. But it's still okay to just dance in our hearts. See, because true worship of our king must be deeper than outward or inward expressions. Romans 12, 1, to me is the standard when the Apostle Paul says, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is your spiritual act of worship. And in John 4, 23, 24, when our Lord Jesus met the Samaritan woman, he told her, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit 
and in truth. So Brad said one of the things God has given us is his Holy Spirit who helps us whether we are singing out loud, whether we are dancing or not, to truly show respect and honor and submission to our God, to our King of Kings, the one who saved us, who is taking care of us now, and to whom our eternity belongs. This morning, I also want us to think a little bit about the balance between personal, private worship and public worship as we are doing now. To me, King David modeled public worship for us. When he danced like that before everybody, just happy to praise the King of Kings, and all the songs that he wrote, the, the Psalms, uh, he, he, his life was full of praise to God. And he showed that publicly. But our Lord Jesus Christ also modeled private worship to us. That many times we read in the New Testament, he would go out early in the morning and be by himself to just meditate to commune with the Father and seek the will of the Father. And that was how he carried his ministry through. So you and I need that personal time. Sometimes even not with your wife or your husband, just you and your God alone to talk to him. If you can sing out loud, you do. If you can kneel Prostrate before him, raise your hands. We need that personal time. But we must balance the two. And here I want to talk to those who are watching online that in these COVID times, when we have the phenomenon of worship online, it is good, but we must still find time to be with other believers like we are this morning, uh, to share in the communion together. Uh, and I hope COVID will pass away. We can shake hands again. We can hug. We can touch each other. Uh, we can do more things together. That is the essence of worshiping God as believers and doing it uh, publicly, doing life together uh, as the citizens of the King of Kings. But this morning, there's the other dimension of worshiping the King, which carries on to serving Him. Because as Paul said, if our act of worship is for our minds to be transformed, and we give our lives as a, a sacrifice to our king, that involves serving him. And so if we are the citizens of King Jesus, then we should be serving him more. How do we serve him more? 
All of us are serving him in some dimension. By coming here this morning, you are serving your king. You are going to give your offering, whether you drop it uh, in the box provided or you write your check or you give online. You are serving him. But I want us to focus on serving him locally, serving him globally, serving him with intentionality, being careful about what you are doing because you have a king You want to be careful that you are doing what your king desires. Uh, You are concerned about his priorities. We want to serve him in season and out of season. When it is convenient and when even it is not convenient. And we go out of our comfort zone and serve our king of kings. Every Christian must seek a way and means to serve God and people in their local church and in the local community. And I'm glad about all the things you are already doing, uh, preparing for Thanksgiving, the season of sharing, inviting all these international students into your home, uh, sharing with people who need housing. Uh, That is the spirit of being citizens of the king. A missionary once told me, anyone who will not find a way to serve in the local church does not qualify to be sent out to a foreign land as a missionary. So if you cannot volunteer some of your time to serve in the nursery or to help with the youth groups or to help with parking cars, or taking communion to those who cannot come to church, and so many other ways in which work is required in the local body here or in your local community, uh, you have to think about your citizenship again because we do have a king who saved us and to whom our eternity belongs, and he has work to be done. The statistics globally is that 20% or less of God's people do the work of the king. And 80% don't. That has to change. We need to get the masses, 80% or more, all asking the leaders, Brad, you ask the mission pastor, what can I do? You ask the elders, is there any way I can help with women's ministry, with children's ministry? That's what we need to do, serving our king more. But we can also serve him globally. We can respond to global missionary work. If God is calling us in your town, Bloomington, because of your university, you have so many language groups here represented. And all over the world, you see on the map, there are over 7,000 unreached people groups That means people groups with very little witness of the gospel. In some of those groups, less than 2% are evangelical Christians. And those people are waiting for you and I, for the citizens of the king to come to them, 
translate the Bible into their languages, learn those languages and teach them, teach them songs in their local languages, make disciples there so that they can have a critical mass of believers that will go on and evangelize the rest of them. So my question this morning is, if your king lays it on your heart to become a missionary in another part of the world, are you willing to go through the training that is needed and then go, be obedient to him? Or even if it be just a short-term missionary work, are you ready to serve with intentionality as a sender you see, you may not go. Your calling may not be to go to Mongolia or Ghana or Papua New Guinea. But your calling may be to pray more, to ask the missions pastor for the missionaries who are on the field and pray for them. Or to ask God to bless you more so you can give more to the missions above what you give to the church. And God is preparing some of you to be more successful in your enterprises so that you can have resources to do his work, to spread his gospel. Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 4.2, he tells the young preacher, Timothy, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And in the Greek, when he says be prepared in season and out of season, what it really means is be ready to serve the king when it is convenient for you, but even when it is not convenient for you. You serve your king who died for you. We serve our king who gave all for us and suffered humiliation, suffered emotional distress. He was tortured for our sake. We should be ready to serve him, not only when it is convenient for us, but even when it is not convenient. We should go out of our comfort zone, stretch ourselves by faith, serve him locally, and serve him globally. So this morning, as we think of King David, who was humble, he when he was anointed king, he didn't struggle to take that kingship. Saul knew Saul was still alive and really wanted to kill him. But David, when he had opportunity in a cave to kill Saul and, and become king, proclaim himself, he didn't do that. He took his time until Saul died and the whole nation coronated him. Then he began to, to rule. So he was not in a hurry. He wasn't, didn't try to 
give attention to himself. As we think of him, and as we think of our king of kings, he could have installed himself as king on earth in Jerusalem, but didn't do that. He waited until he rose from the grave, and God made him the name that is above every name. As we think of him, may we renew our devotion in worship and in service for the rest of our lives. And I want to take time to thank you all again here at Sherwood Oaks uh, for serving the king. I've seen the evidence of it, of your worship and of your giving. And I just want to uh, encourage that we stay in partnership to do more. Brother Brad, send us more teams uh, to come and work with us. We, We love you as we know you love us. And together... Uh, we will serve our king. We will worship him. Uh, probably a day may come, you may even do some little dancing in the pews here. And it's a holy dance unto the Lord. And we just celebrate this great God who served us. Let's pray. Indeed, our king of kings, our lord of lords, we worship you uh, this Morning, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. We want to use our whole strength, our whole life to worship you. Locally, here in this congregation, in our community, but also globally. So make us more willing. Especially that we go out of our comfort zone uh, to... Spread your word that the light of Christ, this good news, uh, will fill the whole world and everybody will, will have opportunity to spend eternity with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org/messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.